I've got a simple message this morning, so simple that I even questioned whether I should be bringing it or not. But as I got more into it, the more I uh, am, more that I got into it. So here we go. If you want a title, it's I Ho, I Ho, it's off to Jericho we go. Mark, you shouldn't say that in church. Well, I, I have. So I like a lot of us older ones in church a number of years ago particularly when me and Ruth were in a restaurant thought well I'm having trouble seeing the menu so the arms go longer and longer so I thought well you know what I need to go to the optician went to the optician and sure enough the optician told me that I needed glasses so glasses I purchased. As you went back a couple of years later, my eye tested again. And yes, you need a different prescription. And I said to the, I remember saying to the optician, yeah, I said, this is the trouble when you start wearing glasses. Because when you start wearing glasses, your eyes get used to the glasses and then your eyes become weaker. He says, no, 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 let me stop you. He says, you're getting older. So that's, that's the thing. So I do wear glasses, but I prefer to wear contact lenses. And that's what I've been wearing for, for many years. And it enables me to see better. So over the years that I've been wearing contact lenses, the opticians that I use down by our work there, they're specialists in contact lenses. And they've said to me, Mark, we've got this contact lens now that's been developed if you want to try it. And I said, well, what does it do? He says, it's a bifocal. Bifocal contact lens. I said, hold on. I said, you know, it's not the easiest to put contact lenses in, so I certainly don't want to have to turn it around to get the line across the middle so you can see. Mark, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. He says, he's a, it just enables you to see your brain works it all out. So I tried them. Yep, they were, they were better. Now I'm wearing multifocal contact lenses. So that means that I've got good vision and good vision, short sight, long sight. But this just baffled me. So I had to say to the optician, look, my friend, I just don't understand. I like to understand what I'm getting into. So how do these multifocal contact lenses work? I said, oh, it's quite simple. He said the development is in the contact lens and the contact lens is designed from the center on a spiral outwards. He said, so when you look through the contact lens, your brain works out whether you're looking long-sighted or short-sighted. Simple. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And I have to tell you, they work. And I've been wearing multifocal contact lenses for some time. And it's very, very good. But this morning, what's that got to do with, with a message? And what has that got to do with going to Jericho and IO and IO? It's because I want to encourage you this morning to see with new eyes. I want to encourage you to see things that we've only ever dreamt about, that we've only ever thought about as we've read through Scripture. I want to encourage you to see better. You know, it's an obvious thing, I think, with church, that as soon as our vision gets a little bit clouded or our vision gets a little bit dimmed, that church is the first thing that we seem to drop. People can stay away from church at the drop of a hat, for whatever reason, 
But really, when we read through scripture, especially looking at the early church, church is where we should be. Church is where we should be to get the better vision. Church is better than any opticians to let us see where we need to be, where we need to be going. Yet so often, it's the first thing that gets dropped when other things come into our lives. So the first thing I want to encourage you to do this morning is stick to church and keep seeing what you can see. We're even going to a very, very, very well-known passage of Scripture. We're going to Mark 10, 46 to 52, where we're going to read about a blind man who receives his sight. This stuff is ABC, isn't it? This is a story that we all know if we've been to Sunday school. You certainly know it. But as we go through the story, I'm going to read it to you. If you've got it, you want to follow it, I'd probably come up on the, on the screens. But what I want you to do, the bloke we're told by Mark, his name Bartimaeus, so we even, know, we even know the bloke's name. We know that he was blind. We know in this day and age, a blind person would be a bit of an outcast because he couldn't look after himself. So I want you to, as you, as you think about this, as you read through the story, think of blind Bartimaeus on the road to Jericho, we're told, with his, with his mat, probably a begging mat, a begging bowl, sitting on the side of the road, a dusty road, sitting on the side of that road with no sight, and in a bit of a poor state of life. We're going to read the story. So it's Mark 10, 46 to 52, and it's titled in my Bible, Blind Bartimaeus Receives His Sight. So here we go. Then they came to Jericho. As, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, son, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man, Bartimaeus, said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he, that's Bartimaeus, received his sight and followed Jesus along the roadside. An amazing miracle of Jesus. It's funny, that I've been looking at this, this last week. And I heard somebody on the radio say, what have happened? They were talking about this story, and I'd been looking at it, and they said, Jesus asked Bartimaeus what he wanted, and Bartimaeus said he wanted to receive his sight. What would have happened if Bartimaeus had have said, I want all this crowd to receive their sight? But he didn't. And the story tells us that, that, that Bartimaeus received his sight for himself. So the question is this morning, very simple, can you see Jesus? Or how well do you see Jesus? And I suppose across the church, we could get a lot of different answers if we started to shout them out. You know, I was brought up in church and I was brought up in Albrecht Congregational Church, family church, 
And, uh, and, and I had to say, as a youngster, hated it. Looking back, I must have loved it because it was family. It was church. And that church was, 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 a, was a, a family church and the, and, and the people in the church, there's quite a number of families in the church, they're quite close really, looking back. And every year, as a church, we went for a church weekend to Barnes Close. Some have been to Barnes Close, some know Barnes Close. It's just a, a place down in um, Bromsgrove, by the side of the M5 motorway. It's where I actually met Ruth, at Barnes Close. But, uh, but Barnes Close um, was, a, was a place that the church used to go for the church weekend every year. So I went there when I was very young. And there was something about Barnes Close that still to this day... I would be fascinated with, and I don't know, because I've not been to Barnes Close for many years, if this is still there. But above the fireplace in the main meeting, in the main meeting room, there was, to me, the most magnificent picture of Jesus. The most magnificent picture, because it just, the eyes looked like love, he looked so welcoming and so appealing that some artist had got in this picture. I went through the internet and tried to find that picture and I could I probably could if I went on and on and on but I picked up this picture and I want you if you don't listen to me this morning to focus on this picture and if I say to you look at that picture probably when you look at art different people see different things. I just want you to think this morning of, of this Jesus, who's this Jesus, how much do I know this Jesus, how much do I believe in this Jesus? I want you to think for yourself this morning of Jesus, not as others have told you, although that can be very informative, but as you can believe yourself from what you've read in Scripture. And if you really want to know what Jesus is like, read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And that will tell you what Jesus is like. So you can do that in your own time. But I want to be thankful this morning, as I'm sure you're thankful to take for granted, is our sight. It's what we can see. But I'm sure that if I say, what would you like to see? Somewhat extraordinary. You'd think of what we could see here on earth. How about next week's lottery numbers? That might be good for some people to see. A few more notes on the bank balance. How about the deeds of your property without a mortgage name next to it, but your name, or even your own property? I, I don't know. How about our name? I, I know them as logbooks. The younger people know them as a V5. But how about your name on the V5 of a real fancy car? Our name on some prestigious list. What would you like to see? The list goes on and on and on, doesn't it? But I'm told by scripture, the only worthwhile list that your name needs to be on is what we call the Lamb's Book of Life. The Lamb's Book of Life, because it says in Revelation 13 and verse 8, nothing impure will ever enter it, talking about heaven, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There do you see Jesus this morning. Do you see Jesus? And this will probably come from past experience or what others have told you or some experience that you've had in church as a youngster when 
things weren't like in church that they are here in, in Bethel. But do you see Jesus with a face that's hard and coarse and set with wrinkles? Or do you see it's smooth, fine-featured and more on the soft side? When you look at Jesus' personality, do you see Jesus as warm, pleasant and appealing? Or do you see Jesus as more stern, outspoken, direct and forceful? Do you see Jesus as a good, good father? Or do you see Jesus as a stern disciplinarian who must be obeyed? Maybe some here this morning had just started to see Jesus for who he really is. But to meet Jesus, to see Jesus, we must open our eyes. The old saying isn't it is seeing, is believing, but in Christianity, in the faith that we share, it's the reverse, believing is seeing. The more that we believe, the more that we can see. The more that we trust in faith, by faith, that we see, the more that we believe, the more we'll know that Jesus is something extraordinary. He's for you and not against you. He's coming to this world to be for you, not to condemn you. God's only son. You know, but, but Bartimaeus had his eyes opened. Just think of when... Bartimaeus' his first sight was the sight of the Saviour. When our eyes are opened, we can really see Jesus. We can see him through his. Ephesians 1 verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. We also need to get proper focus. And to get proper focus, we need to clean our lenses. We need to exercise our power of observation. How many times do we take and exercise our powers of observation? Observe what's written. I know that uh, I think it was Paul who came to the front with his Bible. Um, great that he did, and he said that Colin did, and that's absolutely brilliant. But you know, I, I don't want you to, to knock these things that I use because I've got 12 Bibles on here. And so just because it's not the old-fashioned leather bound, you know, but, but observe what is written. Observe the Gospels and it will tell you what Jesus is really like, as I've just said. Observe what's provided. Down the road, you know, don't ever think that that's a coincidence of what's happening down at the manor house. Observe what's provided. This is Jesus, the giver, the healer, the provider. This is who he is. Observe what's around us. Surely, if you look at nature itself, so David Attenborough has got a wealth of knowledge of, of existence, shall we say, nature and existence. How we cannot see that it's created is beyond me. When he knows the intimate details of how things have come on over the years, he said, well, that's evolution. Well, that just astounds me. Because what's around us is surely created. Don't have a spirit of coincidence. Have a spirit of providence because God is a good, good giver. Remember that in his providence. Hebrews 3 verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus whom we acknowledge as our, as our apostle and high priest. We also need spiritual insight. When we get spiritual insight, and the second verse 
that I'm going to share with you now is above my desk at work and it's been above my desk for many years. It's Philippians 4, 12 and 13. I know what is to be in, sorry, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And this is the verse that's very well known that stands above my desk. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We can. You know, Mother Teresa, that old lady, that old Indian uh, nun, she had spiritual insight because Mother Teresa of Calcutta, India, and you know she died a very, very well-known figure. But she started off at very humble, very, very humble, poor, really, surroundings. One day she was asked to go, as a nun, she was asked to go to her superiors, and her superiors asked her, true story, her superiors asked her what her vision was for her work. And Mother Teresa turned round to the uh, board of trustees and said, well, my vision is to open an orphanage. So the trustees said, well, okay, so what resources do you have? And she says, well, I have three rupees. So the board almost sniggered and laughed at us and said, well, three rupees, you can't do anything really with three rupees. Mother Teresa immediately responded, no, but with three rupees and God, I can do anything. Mother Teresa went on to open 12 orphanages along with the rest of the work that she did amongst the poor people around the world. You can do anything with God. Open your eyes to see what God wants you to do, where God wants you to be. Know that Jesus is our friend, our healer and our provider who wants to share our deepest concern, our biggest happiness and all feelings that we have. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry. How many people think it's a privilege to be here this morning? Hey, church, a privilege? Uh -uh. I certainly wouldn't have thought that in my younger day. To be a, to privilege. And then the, the song goes on, does need to carry everything to God in prayer? It's God's a provider. He wants to hear us. He wants to be close to us. He might have ultimate power over the universe, but Jesus is personal. And Jesus is a friend. Jesus is not just a few. Jesus is for all. He's not for the, just for the elite, but he's for the poor and humble also. Jesus, this great man who miraculously come to earth to save us, to die on a cross, the most agonizing and awful of deaths. He's here this morning. He's saying, just open your eyes. Just open your eyes and see what I can do for you. Jesus overcame the rulers of the day. He gave the blind their sight, to heal the lame, he even raised the dead. And he's saying to you this morning, if you're weak and heavy laden, come to me. Come to me and I'll give you rest. You know, Jesus most certainly is the answer to all our needs. We might not have the answers, but Jesus Christ is the answer. We, know, we may not be all we should be, 
hoping with the help of Jesus, we can come become all we need to be. You know, we might not always be on top of the world, but by the grace of God, we can have the best of both worlds. This world and the world of heaven. Oh, Mark's going off again. John 10, verse 10, one of my most famous, sort of one of my favourite verses in the Bible. It says, the thief only comes to steal and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So that deals with earth. We can have a full life on earth if we see Jesus for who he really is. In Matthew 5, verse 12, it says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. That's heaven. So if you know Jesus, if you see Jesus, you've got the best on earth, and you've got a home in heaven. Nothing else this morning, refresh your sight, knowing that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Mark 10 Verse 51, Jesus asks Bartimaeus directly, as I've mentioned earlier, what do you want me to do for you? Same question to you this morning. People, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus is waiting to answer that question for each one of us. He'll meet you. At your point of need. You may have known Jesus for many, many, many years, but we can still see more. After I went to the opticians early on, a friend of mine said, Mark, I said, you ought to try laser surgery. Okay, I'll try laser surgery. So we went off to a clinic. Ruth took me. They told me at the clinic that um, to better bring a pair of sunglasses and, and no way I'd be able to drive home afterwards. So I thought that was a bit of an exaggeration. So I went to the, to the clinic and um, I was there all afternoon uh, to go through a series of, of tests. I went into this room, into that room, into this room. And I have to say that by the end of the afternoon, I had got the best vision that I've ever experienced. Colours, vibrance, distance, everything. Come out of the room, I said to Ruth, I says, whatever this costs, I says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. Great. Went in the room to see the consultant. He says, what do you think? I says, well, you know, that's the best vision that I can, I, I can ever remember. He says, well, I've got a bit of bad news for you. I said, well, what's the bad news? He says, well, he says, when you have laser corrective surgery, we see through the muscles that are behind the eye. And unfortunately, hereditary, your muscles behind your eyes are not strong enough to give you that clearer vision for a period of time. Somebody was saying basically is over my lifetime, whenever, however long that's going to be, I'm going to have to use stronger prescription as I go because of the muscles behind my eyes. He said, so I'm really, really sorry. He said, but the laser surgery will be no, no good for you. I was devastated. What I'd experienced, I couldn't have. But I'm happy that I can see. But is that the same with us this morning? Maybe sometime in our life that we've seen God, we've been in a meeting or something, and the Spirit's been there in all its power, and we've just been on cloud nine. 
It might be in your bedroom. It might be the day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Everything. You can take on the world. But then life takes over and that's, that, that brightness starts to become dim. So open your eyes. Open your eyes. Get that sight of the Savior again. We can still be on that path marked Christianity, but we can still refocus and see more and more. The song we used to sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. How many times have we sung that? The older ones, you know, probably every week in church. That was a very, very uh, popular chorus that we used to sing. You know, if you dare to look into the face of Jesus, the clearer God will become. To be your best, you need to see Jesus for all that he really is. You need to accept him for where you are and trust him for where you're going to go. Small bakery, sorry, in a small town, there were five bakeries on the same street, all competing for the same business. Business was not doing so good, so the first baker put a big sign outside his shop saying, the best donuts in town. The others seen this notice and they thought, well, we've got to do something like he's done. So the next baker put out best donuts in the county. Not to be outdone, the next baker thought, I'll beat those two. I've got the best donuts in the country. Then the next baker, he put a sign out saying, you know what? I've got the best donuts in the world. So the last baker thought, how on earth can I beat this? He thought for a few days, and then he put this sign outside of his shop. The best donuts on this street. Who do you think got all the business? Who sold more donuts than anybody else? Best donuts on this street. That baker knew where he was. He knew his customers. He knew how to do his best. Because he knew the position that he was in. Thankfully, most of us in this church are in a position that we've got a home set in heaven. We know that. But how much do we miss because we don't open our eyes to the things that God wants us to see? If we open our eyes to the things that God wants us to see, and the places that we, God wants to take us, if we'll only follow, the easiest way of doing this is to pray. Pray earnestly. Ask God where he wants us to be. Ask God to show us himself more clearly. What a difference it can make in our lives, even if we've been on this path, Mark Christianity, for many, many, many years. It's an old saying, you can't outgive God. Older gentleman, I'm finishing with this. An older gentleman, over several months, and I know there's a couple of people in church this morning that have had the same experience, but over several, a period of several months, went to have his cataract removed. After he'd had his second cataract removed, he had to go for the final consultation with his 
mm. with his doctor. And the doctor said to him, he said, as you saw it, and the, the older gentleman said, oh, it's great. He says, from what it was, he says, to what I can see now, it's absolutely great. The doctor reached into the top drawer of his desk and pulled out a glass foil, and in that glass foil it said, well, these here are your cataracts that we've removed. Do you want them back? He said, no, thank you. Not at all. He said, I've got a vision now, a vision that I didn't have when I had those, so I don't want them back. What's your vision this morning? Where do you want to be? What do you want to see? Do you want a life of following Jesus that's the best life that you can possibly have? Maybe we've been praying for something for many years that it hasn't happened and I know that can be discouraging. Walking around these walls, we thought by now they'd fall. They haven't. Don't give up. Don't give up. Ask for a brighter vision. Laser surgery. We good, wouldn't it, if we prayed for laser surgery? Laser surgery of our souls. Hey, what would Jesus give us if we just prayed that simple prayer? We're going to finish off with that song. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but they haven't yet. They haven't failed me yet. Just one failure. So we're going to sing that. Um, the band are not going to play this one. We're going to sing from the top. It might be even now, in this moment, Spirit of Jesus being present. You can even ask for a clearer vision. You can even ask for something that's beyond what you've asked for before. And I'm sure the answers to that are only a prayer away. So I'd encourage you to see God, to see Jesus through a clearer vision in the days that lie ahead. Thank you.